Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Wednesday, November 3rd, 2021. I'm Andrew Hansen alongside Omaha, Joe Stanton, ready for week nine Thursday night football. And Joe, it feels like I haven't seen you forever. We have a lot to catch up on. We've been traveling in different directions, but I want to thank you personally for holding down the fort with Crash when I was gone for my little bye week. Uh, and you put out a series of winners on FanDuel, so thank you for for crushing it while I was gone. Absolutely, it's it feels like we've just been dodging each other. Um, yeah. It's great to it's great to jump on the pod again again with you. But yeah, while while you were out, Crash and I did a Monday night football game between the 49ers and the Colts, and we had some winners there. We had some winners from the Sunday hybrid um, that we put out there with some big games from some of our key plays. So. Yeah, I held it down. Um, I definitely mentioned on the pod that you reviewed my notes. Um, yes, I so, heard that. <laughs> so they all knew we had some uh, approval coming from you. But yeah, very happy to be back here um, talking about this one with you. Yeah, and it's interesting. We've got Jets and, and Colts before we really get into this. The other thing we do have to mention, of course, all of our listeners know that you are the Denver man. And the unfortunate news, Mr. Miller's been traded. And I'm yeah. almost surprised that you haven't closed those shades behind you and just gone completely dark. With the sad news of Von Miller's trade, yeah, actually, um, I'm I, I live in the similar area where Von's at, um, so I mean, I've seen his truck a couple of times, but it is. I mean, you were you were probably at the Halloween party, right? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's it's sad to see him go. Um, I think there's one player left. There, well, I know there's one player left from our Super Bowl Fifty team, and that's our kicker Brandon McManus. So, quite the shift in Denver. I. I think it's going to be sad, lifetime Broncos, but he left in good terms. Um, it'll be all right. He's always going to be a Bronco, but sad to see him go. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, I'm excited that we have a football game to talk about. Absolutely. And I don't even care that it's the Jets and the Colts, which doesn't sound too exciting. But uh, as you can see from our thumbnail, we've got a new star in town, Mike, Mike yeah. White. So we'll get to him here in a minute. But how about the Jets being 10.5-point underdogs over under 46 where's the respect for this two and five team that just took out the the Bengals, uh and they've got this star mike white uh my money's on the jets here covering plus ten and a half what do you think joe i think that i think they cover the spread as as well but you're right where's the respect the Jets just found their franchise qb what's going on 405 Um, yards passing yeah oh that's that's the story to follow um the question was when Mike White stepped in was like, can he do it versus Cincinnati? And now the question is, can he do it again? Um, can can and, anybody stop him? Really? That's the yeah, question. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, so. Andrew, the Colts are the Colts are one and three at home, and their one win is coming from the Houston Texans. So it's not like the Colts are this great home field advantage. Um, I think that Jets can cover as well. That's too big of a spread to give to Mike White. <laughs> no doubt about it. And I guess that is the one question. You know, the, the Jets, both of their wins have been at home. So can this can they take this show on the road? We will see. But the you know, the 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 matchup through the air is really where you want to look against the Colts. They've given up the tenth most fancy points to quarterbacks, sixth yep. most fancy points to wide receivers, uh, and running backs, third fewest. You know, they've uh they've played Tennessee twice, Derrick Henry with all those carries against them, no touchdowns in two games. I think that says all you need to say about the Indianapolis run defense, you know, on paper, it's a 33% uh, run advantage on, mm-hmm. on pro football focus. 
Um, so we'll get a little bit more into that here in a minute. But I want to talk about this passing attack. I watched the tape with uh, the Jets and Bengals, and what the, the game plan was was just short passes all over the place. Mike White yeah. getting it out as quickly as he could. All kinds of passes to the running backs and this, you know, the slot receiver types in Jamison Crowder and Elijah Moore. I mean, Michael Carter, nine receptions as a running back for 95 yards. His buddy Ty Johnson, five for 71 with that awesome uh, touchdown run on the reception, tiptoeing along the sidelines. Um, and so the game plan worked. Uh, if you just look at the stat line and you see the two interceptions, you think, oh, well, he's got that downside. But those, those uh, picks were both deflections. So they weren't on Mike White. So he really had an excellent game. And I don't see any reason why they don't you know, use a similar approach where they're getting it out quickly. And you know, it, when, when you don't throw it down the field, you really reduce the risk of turnovers. And I, I don't think he really threw one down the field until the very end of the game. He took, a, he took one deep shot with Elijah Moore. But I, I want to start my build here with White, Crowder, He's 7,800 on DraftKings, and then possibly Elijah Moore, too, at 62, um, because we've got Corey Davis doubtful. Uh, yep. We're recording, recording this on Wednesday night. Uh, Tevin Coleman out, Zach Wilson out, of course. But what, what do you think about this uh, this trio here on, on DraftKings with PPR, getting yep. some exposure to that, that group? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, Mike White completed 82% of his passes last week, and that's – not him just like holding on to the ball. I mean, it was a very conservative game plan. Mike LaFleur gave a very conservative game plan, and I don't see him changing that up, especially on a short week and just with how they match up against the Colts. I assume a similar completion percentage just because it's not these long throws. And if you look at the game tape like he did, Andrew, Mike White was decisive with the ball. It yep. wasn't like he had deep down the field receivers that he just missed throwing to, so he dumped it off. No, he, right. was he was decisive. He made quick decisions, and he looked really good back there. So I don't think there's any reason why they can't do it again here against the Colts. The Colts are ranked 27th in yards allowed per play. Um, and actually, the Colts have allowed the most offense um, to the short right. About 35% of the pass plays run against them is short and to the right and short and to the left. Um, and, of course, most offenses will be having short passes compared to deep passes against any defense. But it's a little bit of an anomaly compared to some of these other teams. So the Colts get beat, beat down in the short pass game. And like you said, I like Crowder. I like Elijah Moore. Crowder averaged about 9.33 yards per target last game. Elijah Moore's had 12 targets over the last two weeks. Um, so he's stepping into the office. He Both of those receivers have definitely stepped up with Corey Davis being out. Uh, we talked a little bit before the pod, but we don't see Corey Davis getting in there. Um, this game. So yeah, I love Mike White pairing him up with Crowder and Elijah Moore. Andrew, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, hearing short right, short left, that's ding, ding, ding to the Jets' ears. So um, the the only downside here is that in that game, he did complete passes to 10 different receivers. Right. You know, they they kind of gave all the guys at the end of the bench a little bit of run. Keelan Cole had three catches. Denzel Mims a couple. Barrios had two, including a touchdown. Jeff Smith, and then the tight ends. So they had right. six receivers with catches, two running backs, two tight ends. The tight ends were not targeted heavily. Uh, 
Ryan Griffin, Tyler Croft, they have not been targeted heavily all season. So that's not the place I'm looking. Um, yep. But uh, I, I do like also how you mentioned more, you know, the 12 targets recently. He's really stepping up. So that's that's my main focus. We do need to talk about these running backs, though. Carter looked awesome, quick, mm-hmm. all over the field. Some of those receptions he had, he lined up out wide. So they just wanted to get the ball into his hands. Uh, but Ty Johnson is there as well. He had nine touches. Uh, I'm not as high on them, you know, because of the the tough run defense. But uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of torn on DraftKings because of PPR. How many catches will they get this week? Uh, Ken Carter back it up uh, after 24 touches with another big game. What what do you think? Yeah, I I like uh, I like Carter here. Um, he is going up against Buckner on the other side, who's been doing great things for the Colts defense. He's had four sacks and eight QB hits. So I like Carter for the fact that he got 14 targets thrown his way in the air last game. Um, I mean, he had between attempts 29 overall um, in that last game. So he had the most ball in it. He had, he had the most opportunities to have the ball in his hand and they made it a point to do so. Um, so I think you are going to have to run a little bit like they just obviously just can't throw every play. Um, and I think Carter's going to be involved on the throw and in the run. Um, and, and you're right. The Colts have a good run defense. I don't mind Carter here. Um, he did look really strong, but from a cost savings perspective, I do think I like Ty Johnson better for the receiving upside. I mean, five catches out of the backfield, 71 yards in the touchdown. Um, I like Ty Johnson and that's just comparable to the, I think they're going to have similar volume in the, in the air. I, I kind of do expect Carter to have a little bit more, but when you're constructing your lineup, obviously Ty Johnson is cheaper on your list. Um, I think both are good GPP plays. Um, maybe Carter in, in some cash builds, uh, but I like Ty Johnson from a from a cost-saving perspective when you're building your lineup. Yeah, and the other thing here is game, game script, game flow. If Vegas is somehow right and Indianapolis can slow down this unbelievable vaunted Jets passing attack with this new regime, <laughs> then if the Jets are playing from behind, then they should be throwing it a bunch again. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, you know, those guys will continue to get, get targeted. So, yeah. all right, before we turn to Indianapolis, just want to chat about our lineups here that we give out that we've been talking about here. If you're new to the show, we give out full lineups on FanDuel and Yahoo for all these slates in every sport. So in football, these showdown games, cash lineups and GPP uh, on DraftKings. We give out the core lineup for the cash approach GPP. Uh, so we'll do that again tonight uh, for the Thursday night game tomorrow. Uh, yep. And if you want to jump in dfscoachtalk.com and then we'll get you an email into our discord. Uh, so jump in Thursday, you know, during the day and that way you can get the NFL and NBA lineups that will be coming tomorrow night. Did I cover that correctly, Joe? Yeah, absolutely. And you can see some of those membership options scrolling at the bottom for a couple of three-day passes and five-day passes. They'll get you the whole NFL week just to try us out um, and then join us for the long term. And I know a lot of folks have done that recently. So, yeah. Yeah, stick with us through the weekend for all that extra fun and then and then go long term. No doubt about it. Right. All right, Joe, talk to me about this Indianapolis Colts side here as the big home favorites. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Andrew, I'll mention one thing mm-hmm. right before I jump in. The Colts are first in the league for takeaways, 
with 18. And that, I think, plays into the conservative game plan for the Jets because yes. they're not going to want to take as many chances. I It's just a, the cherry on top. It's just the cherry on top. That I like it. That, add on there. So, yeah, for the Colts, um, we'll kick it off with Carson Wentz at the helm. A little drama going on in Indianapolis. So the Colts got Wentz for a second and third round pick from the Eagles. And if Wentz plays over 75% of the offensive snaps, the second round pick becomes a first round pick. So the Colts have been in the media saying, Ooh, what do we do? Are we making a run? Do we throw in our backup? And obviously Wentz is a professional, but like very odd dynamics going in uh, Indianapolis, where it's kind of like, do we trust Wentz enough? Are we going to just bosh the season? It's interesting. And Wentz started off the year not great. He did have a couple good games there versus Houston and Baltimore. Um, but in this last game, he went 27 for 57 against Tennessee for 231 yards and three touchdowns, but two really bad interceptions. I mean, there was one he's backing up in the end zone, no shot, and he just and he shuffle passes it off basically right to the defender. Um, he, In my opinion, he holds on to the ball just a little too long, and the Jets have the third most uh, pressure against QBs. So Wentz for me is – almost a fade it's hard to fade a, a qb in a single game um match like this because they have the highest floor in that ceiling but it's because i like these kind of plays on the outside like a jonathan taylor or like flying a Pittman solo um carson Wentz for me i i'm just not too high on him i just don't think he gets it done here versus the jets um i think a lot of the usage goes to jonathan taylor um so yeah that's where i'm out with the qb before I jump into the other guys, Andrew, what's your thought with Wentz? I'm with you. You know, I, the the 400 yard passing games, and you know, in these shootouts with Baltimore are the aberration for me. It's all the other games with the multiple turnovers, right? Less than 50 percent completion percentage that you just referenced. Uh, so I would rather go with Mike White here, no doubt. Yep. Yep. Same boat. Um, of course, for the Indianapolis wide receivers, you have Michael Pittman, who's having a great year. Um, definitely a step up from last year. He has a 25% target share. Um, he's lining up evenly over the field, left to right, and, and in the snap. And these last two weeks, he's had some good games. Um, he's had three touchdowns in the last two weeks. He actually had 15 targets against Tennessee. I mean, granted, the Colts threw 57 times in that game, but he's the preferred option in this backfield. I, in perspective, he had four targets against San Francisco. Now that was a weather game. Right. Ball's really slippery. I would normally project more around eight to nine targets for Michael Pittman, which is still good on this offense. Um, but in this game, he actually just averages out about an average wide receiver to cornerback grade on PFF. And actually where he'll be lining up the most versus Bryce Hall is the worst matchup. And that's on the left. It's below average. And he has a good matchup on the right, but nothing's jumping off the page for Pittman for me here, especially with me not really liking Wentz. I think you can fly Pittman solo um, if you're going to want to get on the Colt side of the ball in your lineups. With that being said, um, it, it's not it's a, it's a fringe play. Um, Pascal's pretty much in the same boat. He's had zero touchdowns over the last five games. Um, he did have five targets against Tennessee for 43 yards. It's more – he's kind of a boom play for me. So he averages about three to five receptions, and then he'll have one big reception that's a chunk of 80% of his plays. So I like Pasco as a GPP. 
cost saving. Um, he could really explode for a big pay, big play. Um, but those are the that's how I'm looking at the pass catchers for for Indianapolis. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty similar. You could go with one of those guys. Uh, the Jets surprisingly have given up the fourth fewest fancy points to wide receivers. That's because mm-hmm. they've been so busy giving up fancy points to the running backs. Uh, so, right. you know, it's not a great matchup on paper. Um, you know, Pascal, very inconsistent. Um, Hitman, you know, more of a savings on FanDuel if you go that route. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you if you opt for him over Wentz, I think it makes a little more sense on FanDuel uh, because of the price savings. And then with T.Y. Hilton out, Campbell still out, Yep. I'm thinking the third receiver will probably be Ashton Doolin, who is 200 bucks on DraftKings. So if you right. want to get him into your lineup, then you can get pretty excited about your other five guys. Yeah, yeah, you never know um, with with one of those plays, especially in like a Millie Maker or Match GPP. I mean, you also have Mo Ali Cox and and Doyle as your tight ends. They've had the same red zone targets. They're basically splitting. The amount of time that they're on the field. Mo Ali Cox was on the field for 39 of the 80 offensive snaps. Doyle for the other, it's almost like a Broncos running back with between Gordon and Javante <laughs> <Yeah>. Williams. Um, <laughs> stupid of me to bring in a Broncos metaphor, but here we are. Um, they, yeah, they're very even for me. I think they, from my eyes and me watching the game, they draw up more plays for Mo Ali Cox where he's the first target they're looking at. Um, where Doyle is kind of that second or third option. So for that reason, I do like Mo Ali Cox. Also, Doyle was the one who came away with his first touchdown and the only, and the touchdown among the tight ends last game. So I think people might just be more generally on Doyle this game. So if you're going to go at tight end, I think you go Mo Ali Cox. Before last game, he had four touchdowns over those last four games. So I, I like Mo Ali Cox in the red zone. But on to my favorite play of the Colts. Oh, Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor, he is the number one projected running back over the entire week, not just in this game, over the entire week on PFF. In the last four weeks, he's finished um, as in the top six running backs. He was running back two, running back three. Things are really clicking. Um, he leads those top 10 running backs in yards per carry with about 5.36 yards. The Jets are allowing 3.99 yards per carry, which is below average. It's not the worst, but it's below average. And get this, Jonathan Taylor leads the entire league in red zone red zone attempts with 38. Now he passed Derrick Henry because obviously Henry was holding that for a while. And he actually also has the most inside the five-yard carries with 15. So Jonathan Taylor is really getting involved in this offense. He needs the preferred option in the red zone and when you're within the five. With the way to attack the Jets defense, Andrew, like you mentioned on the run, I really like Jonathan Taylor. He's really been clicking in these last couple games, and he's been breaking away from tackles. He's all over the field. He's involved in both the passing game and obviously the rushing game. So, yeah, I really like Jonathan Taylor in this one. You know, you make a lot of sense. Uh, Great matchup on paper. They love to run it. He's excellent at running it. My only hesitation here is two things. It's Thursday night. He just had 16 carries on Sunday. Naheem Hines only had one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marlon Mack didn't have any. Uh, and his price, you know, he's ultra expensive on, on both sites. Sure. So that's what I'm going to be grappling with here for the next 24 hours. 
is what to do about that situation. I think you can play Taylor and Hines together. Um, I think you can go with just Hines, especially in a GPP. Uh, so th that's that's the quandary that we're in here is uh, do things change because it's Thursday night and he got almost all the carries on Sunday. What do you think about that? Yeah, yeah, I think you make a good point because the Colts have done that in the past where on a short week they might favor the other running back. And that's what they were doing in past seasons. I'll combat you a little bit. I think the Colts are a little different this, different this year and they're giving a lot of those offensive snaps to Jonathan Taylor, and that's the projection he's on. That's why he's top of the leaderboards in attempts and carries. So I think overall he's fifth in the NFL um, in, in carries so far. So I don't mind Hines in the GPP. He played 20 of the 80 offensive snaps last week. So he only got one carry, but he was on there for, what is that, a fourth um, of the snap. So in a short week, I do think we could see more of a Hines, so I like him as a GPP. Um, I think overall, of course, I like Taylor. Um, I think Hines is very sneaky, and I don't mind that at all. Um, I actually think a lot of people might be off of the of the running game a little bit just because they saw what Joe Mixon produced last week against the Jets. He had Mixon had 14 carries for 33 yards, but Mixon hasn't eclipsed an 100 yard running game since Week One. I mean, and he's been playing defenses like Chicago jacksonville detroit so i actually don't think it's much of a much of a fact to say that mixon didn't produce very highly now he didn't he didn't produce well i you know it's still 33 yards but i i think the way to attack the jets here is to run the running game and i like jonathan taylor a lot obviously but i think you make a great point about Hines. yeah i mean if you just look at mixon's fancy points you think oh another great run you know performance against this defense but it was two touchdowns and yet per per touch he was not effective, right? Uh, but I do prefer the indie running attack here to Cincy. So I think Taylor yep. would be in a better spot if he gets all those touches. And I agree, you know, he's a lot more secure than last year with his touches, where he was more consistent. So the trend is great. He's obviously mm -hmm. the number one guy. Uh, but we'll just have to see if they, you know, if they run him out there for the same amount. And you know, sixteen is not a lot of carries. It's not like he just had thirty carries, right? Like, like right, Derrick he Henry. He's averaging 15 carries a game, so it's not like he was overworked in the Sunday game. You can, I mean, you can make the argument for Wentz that he was overworked with 57 throws oh, yeah. downfield. Oh, he was overworked, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, it's not like he was overworked on Sunday, but um, yeah, absolutely. All right, great. Well, looking forward to finalizing these lineups here, Joe. Any final thoughts about the game or DFS coach talk? Well, we're not going to talk about the kickers. Oh, well, we could. Do you have a thought? Do you have a preference? I have mine. You go first. I I'm I don't know if I'll play a kicker here, but I'm curious to curious what you say. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at Amendola just by a hair mm -hmm. for the Jets, uh eight for eleven, a little bit more secure. Badgley, three of four on the season here filling in. Forty two is his long. A Amendola did kind of hook a, a long attempt last week, fifty four, missed it pretty badly, but uh that's where I would lean. Yeah, I, I would lean uh, Amendola as well, just the way the, the Jets are moving it down the field. Um, they're going to be moving at a slow place. You give the Colts more opportunities to get a stop. You know, they stop them deep. Of course, I, I don't think either kicker on either side is um, one of the top kickers or very accurate. Um, right. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm in the same boat there. So good yeah, to know one of these. Good to know we're in line on the kickers. 
yeah. as I mean, we either, as we always are. Well, I mean, if these guys can't hit one over fifty yards, they're not really worth talking about too much. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right. Great. Well, that does it for the week nine Thursday preview. Check out the main slate podcast this weekend as well as our primetime show. Check out the NBA pod for tomorrow. Check out golf tonight if you want to. There's still time to get lineups in there. Uh, So that's it for tonight. Excellent work, Omaha Joe. On behalf of the entire DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. We'll see you next time as we look to crush it in DFS.